Welcome to the Swim Upstream podcast, where we talk about intentional living against cultural norms. If you're ready to break out of survival mode and cultivate a more intentional life, then you're in the right place. Find your courage to live differently and swim upstream. Let's get started. Hey y'all, welcome back. This is Jenny and you're listening to Swim Upstream Episode 7, Intentional Pantry Stocking from Your Groceries. Before we get started, let's talk about what I'm learning this week. This week I've been learning a lot as we are building our chicken coop and run. I've been learning a lot about how to predator-proof our chicken run from things like fox coyote, raccoon, possum, and hawks. Little did I know all the things that would try to come after our chickens. But we have learned a lot about uh, making sure that our run is safe and secure for our hens so that when they finally are out there, we're hopeful that nothing will be able to get to them. In addition to that, we're also learning a lot about different chicken breeds. Um, Our little white hen, Betty, uh, we were thinking for a couple days, might actually be a Cornish cross hen instead of a buff Orpington, which would be a problem because a Cornish cross hen is raised for meat and typically doesn't live more than about 20 weeks until it's time to butcher. Um, Whereas a buff Orpington is a beautiful little hen that gives you lots of wonderful eggs and lives for several years. Um, We have determined that she is not a Cornish cross, but we're not really sure what type of bird yet that she is. We are leaning towards amber link and leghorn varieties of chickens. So time will tell and I will keep you posted on that. If you'd like to see pictures of the building of the chicken coop or even meet the chickens you can find them on my instagram page just go to instagram.com backslash swim dot upstream to check out the pictures of the chickens in my highlights or the construction of their coop we've been adding pictures of that this week as we've been building so let's get into our topic today about intentional pantry stocking for groceries First of all, we want to talk about why we would want to stock food in our pantries. What is the purpose of doing this? First of all, we want to save money by reducing trips to the store. The less often you set foot in a store, the less money you will spend on groceries. It's just a proven fact. So, the more that you have stocked in your pantry, the more you are prepared for things and don't need to run to the store every time you make dinner because you don't have this or that. And that leads me to the second reason why we would want to stock a pantry. And that is to be prepared for the unexpected. Now the unexpected could be any number of things. It could be bad weather or a weather event like a hurricane or a tornado or Um, power outage because of bad snow or ice. Um, It could be something like 
an illness. Maybe you're sick and you don't feel like cooking and you still have food in the house so that other people can help make food for your family while you're getting better. Or it could be that you're taking care of a bunch of kids who are sick and you don't have time to go to the store and you want to have the things on hand that they would need while they're getting better. Uh, I remember when my husband had his stroke and we came home from the hospital the day before Thanksgiving and we had someone from his work who called us and said we want to bring Thanksgiving dinner to your family can you let us know what you need to be able to have Thanksgiving dinner and I was able to go through my pantry and realize that I had about 75% of what we needed already for Thanksgiving dinner so she was able to go pick up a few things at the store and drop them off and we were able to celebrate very much our Thanksgiving that year. I'm thankful to have him home and well again. Um, it's also a good thing to be prepared for low income. My husband's work is seasonal. He um, is an automotive technician for Honda so there are busy times of the year and there are times of the year when it is much slower and having a stocked pantry during the times that is a lot busier um, and building up the stock helps for when the time um, gets lean and the hours aren't as um, plentiful and he's not making quite as much so that um, our food supply is able to stay steady even if his income's going up and down and also it helps you to be able to be prepared for last minute hospitality maybe your husband invites somebody over for dinner on his way home from work maybe you spontaneously want to invite a family from church over for lunch after church Maybe you're hosting a neighbor who comes over and you want to give her some tea and cookies. Maybe you have friends um, of your children who are coming to spend the night and um, you want to make that night special for them. Being prepared for hospitality by having a stocked pantry is one of the best things I like about having a stocked pantry is the fact that I'm able to host people pretty quickly um, just based on what we have stocked up in our pantry and our freezers. So let's talk about how you can develop a stocked pantry. The first thing you're going to need to do is tackle the dinner solution, the dinner question. What's for dinner? Um, the thing that helps me more than anything else is called brainless crowd pleasers and this is not my own idea this is something that I learned from Kendra Adachi who is the lazy genius um, on her lazy genius podcast I will place a link in the show notes to her podcast so that you can listen as she has probably three or four episodes about brainless crowd pleasers and how to um, plan your groceries around those and how to be able to have a little bit of a stock pantry as well. If you want more information other than this episode, you can go and check those out. 
So a brainless crowd pleaser is a meal that is simple to prepare for you. It does not mean that it is a simple to prepare for anybody, but it's a meal that you're familiar with, your family's familiar with, pretty much everybody likes it, and pretty much you always have the stuff on hand to make it anytime you're in the mood to eat it. So for us, that's things like tacos, spaghetti, chili, stir fry, and sloppy joes. Those things are things that I know when I make them, my kids are going to be happy to eat them. My husband will be happy to have them. And I generally have things on hand for those. And if you noticed, a lot of those use the same types of ingredients because the taco, spaghetti, chili, and sloppy joes will all use some type of ground meat. And they will also use canned tomatoes. And then you add some variation here and there and you can have one or the other of the meals. We can also adapt these recipes to um, be used in a lot of different ways. Tacos can be made with multiple different kinds of meat and even with fish. Um, spaghetti can be made with chicken or with beef depending on the way you want to make it. And the same thing with chili. Stir fry can be made with any kind of meat, basically. And Sloppy Joe's is really a ground beef recipe. It's probably the least flexible of the meals I have. But I have even made a vegetarian version of that with black beans, chopped spinach, and salsa. Um, and we call that Sloppy Jose's. And we eat it in tortillas instead of on buns. So, um, outside of those standard pantry meals or brainless crowd pleasers, we tend to have a standard formula in our house for a meal, and that would be protein, veggie, starch. So think about what types of meals do you tend to eat in your home? Make a list of the things you've eaten over the past month. Think about the things that your family enjoys the most and especially things that are the easiest for you to make. And then what do those things have in common? For us, it tends to be a protein, a veggie, and a starch. Um, my husband and I and my daughter Gracie tend to fill up on the protein and veggies and get a little bit of starch. The little girls, the younger girls tend to go protein and a little bit more starch and a little less veggie. Um, but in order to prepare for those, we tend to have the types of meat that we tend to eat, which would be, um, we have venison, and when we don't have venison, we buy um, beef, but um, we've been fortunate the past couple years to have to buy very little beef because we have a good supply of venison. We also tend to eat chicken and we eat pork either um, I'll buy bone-in pork chops and slice them up into pieces off the bone or I buy the tenderloin if I can find it on sale or the pork shoulder or ham or things like that so and then we buy chicken either in quarters or chicken breasts or thighs so I know that there are standard things that, that we eat. 
and it makes it easier to stock up the pantry because I can say okay we typically eat these kinds of meats and when I go to the store I can look for those types of things um, marked down because they need to be sold by a certain date and then I can stock up on that and freeze it or I can when I see it on sale I can stock up on it and put it in my freezer and then it's there and ready when I'm ready to make those meals we tend to buy the same kinds of canned vegetables or frozen vegetables frozen we tend to buy broccoli corn and stir fry and canned we tend to really lean towards green beans and then we also occasionally will do peas and corn peas and carrots um and then for our starches we tend to go with either quinoa rice or a potato and so those are things that i standard will buy every single month as i'll make sure that we have plenty of potatoes we have rice and we have quinoa on hand so once you have tackled the question of what's for dinner then you can move on to some of the other areas of your pantry think the same thing through for breakfast and lunch what are the typical things that your family tends to gravitate towards for breakfast and lunch and we tend to eat for breakfast we have um, bulk oatmeal and grits that I buy and put in I buy them in five pound bags and put them into containers in the pantry and they have a little slip of paper that has the instructions on there and the girls are able to make either a single serving or enough for everybody and they can make it either on the stovetop or in the microwave we also tend to have pancake mix and syrup and then for treats on occasion we have a couple different kinds of cereal or bagels same thing with lunch what do you typically eat for lunch what does your family typically eat for lunch do you have people who take lunch and what do they typically like to eat make it into a formula like the standard pantry meal with the protein veggie starch make it into a a sandwich cracker fruit type thing or something to that effect um, get it into a formula that reduces the number of decisions that you have to make and then stock up on the components for that so for us we tend to eat sandwiches or tortillas or romaine lettuce with the um, sandwich fixings inside of that and so we have that and we tend to be mayo mustard people we're big fans of pickles and we're big fans of cheese so I always make sure that we have the lunch meat and the cheese and the the things to go on the sandwich the things on the side of that are just based on whatever we have we it could be a veggie tray it could be chips that we have left over from a treat night it could be popcorn or an apple really whatever they're in the mood for but this the sandwich tends to be pretty standard unless we are having leftovers from the night before 
And then for snacks, we tend to have the same types of snacks. I mentioned the veggie tray. I do that a lot more in the summer than I do in the winter because fresh produce is cheaper and more accessible. But we have a large veggie tray that we will fill up every week and keep it stocked. We tend to always have apples and oranges. Occasionally we'll have other fruit based on what's in season, but apples and oranges tend to be pretty standard fare at our house. Bananas never last long enough. Isn't it true that bananas either go very, very quickly and they all disappear, or you keep them until they're really, really black and you have to throw them away because no one will eat them? There is no middle ground. Um, and then we have the granola bars or peanut butter cracker packs and we have a jar of popcorn that the kids can pop in the microwave um, just a quick tip you can take loose kernel popcorn take a measuring cup of that um, I think we use a one-third or a one-quarter cup uh, measure at a time in a brown paper bag put it in the microwave and microwave it like you would microwave popcorn and have your own little bag of popcorn and it's a lot cheaper that way it's a lot fresher and you have more control over what's in it um so those are things that we always tend to have on hand and then if you're a baker like we are um then of course you want to make sure you have baking essentials like flour different types of sugar granulated brown and powdered sugar um, we always have baking chips like chocolate chips, um, white chocolate chips, butterscotch or peanut butter chips. Um, we always have plenty of butter and plenty of oil. And then I have a whole bunch of different herbs and spices because of all the different things that we make from scratch. So that's my pantry in a nutshell. I hope that that's helpful in helping you think through what are my standard pantry meals? What are my brainless crowd pleasers that I can pull from on a regular basis? What are my breakfast basics? What are my lunch basics? What snacks do, we, do I want my kids to eat on a regular basis? Or what snacks do my kids ask for on a regular basis? And then... Do I want to be able to bake? I love being able to tell my girls, yeah, sure, you can go bake a, a pan of brownies and know that we have the things that we need for them to do that just on the spur of the moment. Or to be able to bake a, something sweet to bring to a neighbor or a friend who maybe needs to uh, pick me up or cheerful little thing in their day. Um... So yeah, let's talk about, in on Instagram, what are your brainless crowd pleasers? What kinds of things do you like to make for your family that you keep stocked up on? Do you keep a stocked pantry? And if you do, what's in it? Let's keep the conversation going over on Instagram at swim.upstream. You've been listening to the Swim Upstream podcast, where each week we discuss intentional living against cultural norms. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review of iTunes. 
This helps me be seen and heard by more potential listeners. I'd also really appreciate it if you would share this episode with a friend who might enjoy it as much as you did. As always, we can continue our conversation on Instagram at swim.upstream or on Facebook at Jenny Veliki. You can find the links to both of those in the show notes. And remember, the life you live is built on the choices you make. So just keep swimming. <laughs>